Hello, and welcome to Aztecs All In, the podcast that goes all in on San Diego State Sports. I'm Louis Wiener, along with Steve Perez. We are two Aztec alums with decades of experience in local and national media. And we are getting set for the fourth game of the season for San Diego State against 16th ranked Oregon State. And Steve, how are you feeling about this one? I'm feeling optimistic because you always must. It's the third time this year that the Aztecs are going to be facing a team that won at least nine games. So bring it on. Okay, I think they'll bring it on whether or not you you say it or not. It's going to happen. Coming up on this episode of Aztecs All In, Coach Brady Hoke previews Oregon State. And we'll hear what Coach Jonathan Smith of Oregon State thinks about San Diego State. We're going to hear from defensive lineman Garrett Fountain. He's going to talk about what it was like facing uh, the UCLA quarterback last week, who is very talented, and another very talented quarterback this week, who's a transfer from Clemson. And Oregon State also has a really fine running back. San Diego State has a fine running back, too. Keenan Christen. We'll hear from him about what it's like going on the road, playing in front of a hostile environment, and being a major underdog. We're also going to hear from Coach Hoke, who's going to talk specifically about what it's like to coach up a player. And he also talks about his history at Oregon State, comparing then to now. So Steve, sounds like we're, uh, we have a quite a packed show today. Yes. So let's get to it. Okay. <laughs> let's get to it. San Diego State playing Oregon State Oregon State is 2-0 on the young season. Not much of a challenge in either of their wins against San Jose State and UC Davis. They are currently ranked 16th in the nation. And I think, Steve, this is going to be a tougher challenge for the boys than last week's game, just because this is a better Pac-12 team. We shall see. You never know until you get both teams on the field and play the game. On paper... This certainly looks like more of a challenge. And the Aztecs coming in as, wow, 24 and a half point underdogs. Oregon State creates quite a challenge for San Diego State. Coach Brady Hoke actually coached at Oregon State years ago, and we'll hear a little bit more about that later. Uh, But he's also talking about the big challenge San Diego State is facing this weekend. This week, obviously, going up to uh, Oregon State, um, I think they're ranked 16 or something like that, 15 or 16. Um, the, uh, obviously, DJ, the quarterback, the uh, transfer from uh, Clemson, is a good football player, highly recruited uh, guy. I think Martinez, the running back, um, is really dynamic. He, he's very impressive. I mean, you watch the San Jose State game and then uh, last week's game, uh, he's, uh, he's a guy who's very physical, but he's quick, uh, gr- really good balance, um, can, can get in and out of, 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 of his uh, burst uh, really smooth. And, and then he, he's a physical guy, too. I mean, he, he's not afraid to, to put it down and run through you. Um, you know, their defense is fast. They play fast. Um, uh, knowing Trenton uh, Bray, their defensive coordinator, they're going to be aggressive with what they do. Uh, I think Jonathan has done a really good job uh, with the program. Uh, their investment in the program has been really good. So there you go. Just another team 
for the Aztecs. That's one of the toughest in the nation this season. They have five games against teams that have won 10 times the previous year. And that includes Ohio University and upcoming Ohio State. And then, of course, there's Boise State that's coming right by on deck. That's uh, part of the conference schedule. So, as we've said, the Aztecs will have their work cut out for them. They are heavy underdogs in this, but they will be embracing the challenge. And this is the part of the pregame discussions where both teams, coaches, talk up the opposing team. So I guess we're going to get into some of that from the other side, aren't we, Lewis? We are. Interesting thing about this trip for San Diego State, Coach Hoke today said that they're playing the game, obviously, in Corvallis, but they'll be staying in Portland, which is about an hour and 40-minute bus ride away. And the reason for that is the one hotel in Corvallis they usually stayed at, um, there was a fire. And so there's no hotel. So that's going to be a bit of a challenge for San Diego State uh, with the hour and 40-minute bus ride from Portland to Corvallis. And it'll be quite a challenge for them. Coach Jonathan Smith of Oregon State is very familiar with San Diego State because they have played many Pac-12 teams over the past few years. And he says his team is up to the challenge. Looking forward to getting back at home again. Uh, Counting on the crowd to, to help us out. This is a good team we're playing. San Diego State's got some pride in them. You know, the last few years played really competitive in this against this conference. No Brady Hoke well, have those guys ready to play, physical group um, that play with pride. And and so we're, we know we got a challenge ahead of us. Got a lot of respect for them. Um, West Coast football, you know, Mountain West, current Mountain West teams, those guys are competitive, have beaten whatever described Pac-12 teams multiple times the last three years. So uh, that's what we think about. Definitely helps to have tape against multiple opponents. They've played three games now. I thought they looked good on tape. A couple of, again, short yardage play. They got the ball on the one-inch yard line, and they don't get a score. I think that game's a little bit different after that. Um, and so, again, they can go toe-to-toe physically, line of scrimmage both sides with really anybody. And so they got our their respect and attention there. Schematically, defensively, they give you a lot. Uh, movement at the line of scrimmage, pressure package, uh, challenge you in the back end. So... Um, that's a, what we've seen on tape. Um, you know, like I said, the physicality San Diego State uh, runs with, how competitive they are. They make it physical. They're going to challenge you and, and then tackle. Um, quarterback can move and create um, with his feet, but make some good throws down the field. Uh, they can run the ball, not just off of the UCLA week, but the previous. So they got a good rushing attack. Big thanks to the Oregon State Athletic Department for providing that audio for us off of its YouTube page. So, Steve, the challenge is there. How are the players feeling about it? The San Diego State players, I should ask. Well, going back to the ride from Portland into Corvallis, that's going to be an interesting little bus ride. But a lot of the Aztecs who have been on the team for a while spent a couple of years taking a very interesting bus ride themselves from San Diego and on into... So did we, Steve. So did we. (laughs) Correct. So as far as that part of the trip, it's a road trip. Those are the sort of things that happen. I think Kristen addressed because he was asked, what are you going to be doing on the bus ride this whole time? And everybody's going to be doing what they decide to do on their own. Many of them will have an opportunity to review more game film or to concentrate more about 
their assignments in the game plan. Some people will just take the opportunity to step back and get into their own zone, maybe even catch up on some studies during the bus ride. So as far as that is concerned, yes, that is a challenge. They do not appear to be using it as an excuse. As I like to say every once in a while when people are telling me things, I will say, I know what you're telling me sounds to you like reasons, but to me it just sounds like excuses. And that's the way it is with most people. If you start telling people things, they'll just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyways, we're going to get past that and move on back into this game because we have Garrett Fountain addressing a couple of topics. We'll go back briefly to last week's game, and I've got a new name for that team that's came with the seven buses and suited up, what, 500 players or whatever. I'm going to call them now the Chicago Bruins since they will be playing in a Midwestern Conference next season. It's the Big Ten. It's really now a, some kind of a weird hybrid super conference. And he's going to start by talking about the UCLA game and the focused use on the true freshman quarterback, even though the head coach of the Bruins, UCLA, does that stand for the University of Chicago lately of Angeles? Anyways, the coach was talking into the game that he'd play all three quarterbacks. Instead, started the true freshman, Dante Moore, and he ended up playing most of the game. So we asked Garrett about that and also asked for his take about the quarterback they will be facing this week that basically came from Clemson via the INSA quarterback transfer portal. And then going forward, they will have another challenge, and this one's going to be in the Beavers quarterback, the one we spoke about that the Oregon State Beavers now have via the INSA transfer portal. DJ Uiangalole, Samoan descent, Riverside, California-born, and this take is by Edward Sutherland of the Sporting News. DJ's trip to the West started at Clemson. He was highly recruited out of Southern California high school scene. Didn't play very well at Clemson in balance. Had some flashes of brilliance and then lost the starting job. And then because there is greater player mobility, enrolled in the transfer portal and is now at Oregon State. Voila! So he will be starting against the Aztecs, and he performed very well last week against UC Davis, 8 of 13, 107 yards, a couple touchdown passes, had a TD run. He now has three touchdown runs on the air. Sooner or later, we're going to get to Garrett Fountain's bite, but I say all this as the preamble. Garrett Fountain's going to make some comments to address the Beavers running back. Here's a bit more on him, Damian Martinez. He opened that scoring last Saturday, had that 64-yard touchdown run on their first offensive play of the game. He's rushed for 100 yards plus in each of the, the first two games. We heard Brady Hogue talk about his style, and he's totaled 249 yards so far in the season. Average is 9.9 yards a pop. So, Garrett Fountain on the Bruins and Beavers QBs and the Oregon State running back, Damian Martinez. We we were expecting all three. We were, we were ready for all three, and um, they, they kind of had a – we're rolling with him and they felt comfortable with him and so you know we just had to it didn't really matter who was out there we just had to make our plays and make the adjustment he's a big quarterback obviously he's got a good arm he's got a good line up front and um he's a he's a tough guy that that could 
sit in the pocket and make throws, and so we got to we got to put some pressure on him. He hasn't had a lot of pressure all year, and we got to get some turnovers and get after him. You know, he's a big, strong back, like you said, and um, he runs hard. And he's got a good line in front of him, but you know, we just have to we got to leverage the ball and we got to square him up and can't try to make arm tackles on him because he he can, has the ability to run through arm tackles. So I mean, we just got to all get all 11 hats to the ball and get out every Aztec tackling him, and um, that'll be that'll be good good ways to stop him. Well, Steve, Garrett Fountain in the defense definitely facing a huge challenge with Oregon State this weekend. As we said earlier, Oregon State has played two football games, defeating San Jose State, putting up 42 points, 42-17, and against UC Davis, who I believe is an FCS opponent, uh, they killed him 55-7, to whereas San Diego State played an FCS opponent a few weeks ago and did not dominate as we hoped they might. So Oregon State definitely uh, looking forward to facing a San Diego State team that had, that struggled last week against UCLA. On paper, the comparisons are not favorable for the San Diego State Aztecs, even though we are Aztecs all in and we are all in. Scoring offense, they are 103rd in the nation, averaging 22 points a game, while Oregon State averages 48 and a half. And that puts them at number 10 in the nation. Even the Aztecs' vaunted defense is, at least on paper so far in the early going, trailing Oregon State. They're scoring defense at this point after getting knocked around pretty good by UCLA. They're averaging 25 points a game. That's good for 80th in the nation. Oregon State is 20th in the nation and has held their opponents to an average of 12. I think the opponents, the FCS opponents, there's a little bit difference in there because that team that uh, the Aztecs faced in, from Idaho was a much different team than they faced the year before. And that was thanks to wholesale transfers from elsewhere as well. So it'll be an interesting contest. I think it'll be an, another good yardstick game. Yeah, I think San Diego State's running backs have to play well. Keenan Christen is one of those running backs who's played pretty well this season, Steve, and he's uh, ready for this game, isn't he? We did get to hear from Keenan Christen in the interview room, so he had a couple of questions. One was how to keep your focus on the offensive calls as the Aztecs face a road game in the football-crazy college town of Corvallis at Reeser Stadium and also Aztecs heavy underdogs going into this one if you pay attention to such things as point spreads such I never I never gamble at Bushwood sir anyways we get his take on that and then finally you know the glass half full perspective the Aztecs did dominate the time of possession against the Bruins but the scoreboard belonged to the team who will be playing its away games in the Midwest next season so we asked him to solve that one as well. Every every game we play, we really focus on communication. But uh, going on the road where we know the crowd's going to be loud, we we game plan for that. So we have a lot of things that we work on in practice, like nonverbal cues, so that we can all keep in good communication with the loud noise going on. I think we do take it as a challenge. We um we talk a lot as a team about um you know just kind of how we reviewed this year and how we were underdogs in a lot of the games that we, we had to play in. So, I mean, we took on that challenge early this year. So we're definitely we're definitely going to get after it. As an offense, we always want to win the time of possession battle, which is, I mean, because you have the ball longer, essentially, is you should, 
you give the defense a less of a you know a battle that they have to fight. But um, we want to try to score a point a minute. So we just got to be better in finishing our drives and finishing in the red zone and scoring more points, really. So Coach Hoke and his staff really focusing in on improving certain details of their football team based on uh, last week's game. Brady Hoke said that UCLA had six runs of 12 yards or more and seven passes of 15 yards or more. He says that can't happen again, but he did believe that his offense performed well when it came to screen passes and, as you mentioned, Steve, time of possession. But he also says they cannot turn the ball over. There were three interceptions last week. And when Coach Hoke was asked, uh, he's always asked, you know, um, how do how can the team improve? And he always says after these games that they need to coach better. They need to coach up the team. So what does that really mean? Well, he was asked that question during this week's uh, media availability, and he got very specific I love coach speak. I didn't play football, Steve. So when I hear coach speak, I'm going, oh, wow. I love when coaches talk specifically about coaching. And that's what he did in answering this question. But you look at, okay, um, how do we, you know, and I'll go ground zero with defensive linemen, right? Uh, how, we, how did we play double teams? How did we play reach blocks? Did we, uh, um, from a standpoint of rushing the passer, were our rush hands good? Did our feet stall? All the things that you look at, you know, okay, what can we do to make sure that doesn't happen? Are we getting off blocks? You know, that kind of thing. And, and you can go position by position. You know, the secondary, you know, uh, our wideouts. Uh, what are our splits? Were we consistent on the splits? How about the breaks? You know, we, we had some opportunities to make some plays. You know, we, we uh, um, were a young team at some of those spots. Haven't played much at some of those spots, and we just got to, you know, we got to grow up fast. Another interesting thing, Steve, that Brady Hoke said is he thought his team offensively had too many drop-back passes situations. He wants more play action. He wants Moose on the perimeter. So I think that was uh, maybe a little criticism of Ryan Lindley's play calling if he thinks they are doing too many drop-back passes. Not so sure if that's a criticism of the play calling or just a criticism about how the game developed. In order to use play action pass effectively, you have to be able to threaten a good run. And the Aztecs had been stymied at the line of scrimmage when they attempted to run. So that basically relegated the Aztecs to trying to move the football via the forward pass. And that means dropping straight back and then looking at the coverage. But the receivers weren't getting open because the Bruins did a pretty good job of coverage in the secondary. That's just you know, one example. Also, you know, you really haven't lived until you've been in, in the actual media room and you've seen a guy like Brady Hoke demonstrate some of the things that he demonstrated today as far as showing how the defenders at the line of scrimmage needed to fill gaps or discussed how a breakaway pass that resulted in the Bruins' very first touchdown on a single play, how that one came about. But the other one, was, which I particularly enjoyed because you know how much I love the game of the kicking part of the game and, and punting on, 
Was Brady Hokio trying to demonstrate uh, what was going on with Jack Browning's technique that, uh, according to one of the reporters in the room, seemed to be resulting in some shorter resulting net punt covered. Brady Hoke demonstrating to the media assembled there the fine art of punting. And that really, to me, was worth the whole trip into San Diego State to participate in today's festivities. <laughs> well, one thing Brady Hoke talked about <laughs> also really today, Steve. You really to check it out one of these days, Lewis. <laughs> I teach, Steve. I have a class. I can't make it to the media. Uh, yeah, yeah. One of the things that Brady Hoke mentioned today, uh, he brought up, of course, that he coached at Oregon State back uh, in 1989 for a few years. Um, what did he have to say about that? Well, yes, Brady Hoke did spend a good five years at Oregon State. And I was interested in his take on how the game has changed and how players have changed vis-a-vis the recruiting process. Because as you know now... There is this thing called name, image, and likeness, and there is a lot greater mobility amongst the players because they can enter themselves into a portal if things don't go to suit them at the current program they're in, and then bingo, they're eligible to play the very next year. He did discuss afterwards uh, some fine-tuning the coaches were discussing amongst themselves in a meeting of the Mountain West coaches, and will they tweak that in one way or another so that... The coaches have a better idea of who they're going to be able to use and count on in their program the following year during bowl season or not. I'm sure that there are lawyers out there, too, who will have something to say about all this. But I did ask him about the distinction between then and recruiting now. Well, it still comes down to to, to, uh, relationships, personalities. Uh, there's a lot to be, you know, not every kid wants to get a great NIL. I mean, don't let that shock you, but they, they all don't. Some of them want to come to San Diego State because San Diego is pretty cool, pretty good place to live, right? Some of them go because they love your style. They like the coaches. So I think, you know, you, you, that's still part of it. it it's... Uh, you know, it is kind of what it is. Steve, you and I know that Brady Hook is not a fan of NIL or the transfer portal. He told us that before this season started, we were on a luncheon for season ticket holders, and he continues to, to speak on that as well. So the difficulty, and one of the things that he said he said that, um, you know, some people still want to come to San Diego because it's San Diego. And that might be the case, but I think the blue chip recruits and the really, really good players now are looking at the NAL money probably more than location and where the school is. Well, after he made that comment, a reporter followed up with the question of, well, do you usually have a good idea in your recruiting process if a certain player is looking for some NIL money, and if they have a number in mind, he says, well, yeah, usually if they want something, they'll let you know. And the follow-up was, well, then, you know, do you give it to them or you uh, move on? He equivocated and drew a laugh. He said, well, maybe. (laughs) The room (laughs) laughed over that because, you know, a player's a player and a coach is a coach, and you do want to get the best guys in. But the other follow-up to that was uh, someone asked if he knew for a fact how exactly how much NIL money was getting 
thrown around in a place like Oregon State at this point because, after all, they are a Power 5 team, and they are in what's left of the the pack, uh, whatever it's called now. And he didn't know exactly what the, the amount is, but we do have that situation where the young man from Clemson did not flourish there, instantly has come to Oregon State, and is playing. He is playing well. He's got his girlfriend and his dad popping off on social media, and they're showing up everywhere, too. So, you know... Maybe there's a little something-something he's getting in there. Yeah, something-something there. We'll see. (laughs) But anyway, and he also made a crack about Khalid Williams being on every commercial that he could possibly see on Saturday. And, of course, that's the USC Trojan QB who transferred in from uh, Oklahoma. And, won the and his situation, Steve, his situation is interesting because he does not have to go to the draft. He could play another season next year. So if he doesn't like the, the team with the number one pick, he could stay in school. And with NIL money, some people suggest he could make more next year playing for USC than he would uh, as a rookie in the NFL, which just blew my mind when I heard that. that that's just crazy, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, yeah, what I got to say about that, Lewis. Oh, honey, bless yeah. your sweet summertime heart. Good for you. <laughs> I think that's that wraps this one up. What yes. do you think? We'll wrap it up on a positive note. Good for you. Good for everybody. Good for us. Good for the Beavers. Good for the Aztecs. And good for you for tuning in. That will wrap it up, and you can drop us a line here at AztecsAllIn on our Gmail account, AztecsAllIn at gmail.com. You can also follow along with us on the X. We're going to stop referring to it as that other thing since no one does anyways anymore. Aztecs underscore all underscore in. And so, having said those last two things to sum things up, I have nothing else to say except for Lewis Wiener. I'm Steve Perez saying thank you for joining us. We will talk to you after the Aztecs have taken on Oregon State in Corvallis.